a bit of ACDC there for you to start off the show. We didn't play our usual song, unfortunately, um, just because we couldn't find it on our system, actually. It left the building. <laughs> it left the building. It wasn't. It was pulling an Elvis, apparently. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're back here on Inspire Radio, uh, the afternoon show, 3 to 6 o'clock, cranking out some uh, blues, rock, and uh, a bit of everything covering from the 70s up to today, including some local music. And... Uh, Joined here with uh, my buddy here, Steve. How are you hey, going? Hey. Good, good. How are you? Yeah, good, good. So, uh, how funny. is your uh, how is your week been so oh, far? It's been hectic, man. It's been yeah. hectic work and yeah, gym and yeah. As I promised people on Monday, I got in the kitchen and did a bit of a stir fry and yeah. It's, All right, nice. It's been, a, it's been a killer week actually. Cool. So. Actually, I'm just I'm just having a brain fart at the moment. What day is it today? Is it Monday or Friday? Friday, mate. Friday. Friday. There we go. Come right. On. <laughs> I'm just getting lost in all the Get days. Yeah, the program the literally. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, so that's it. The weekend's coming up. So it what's is. your weekend plans then? What do you got going on? Well, i got my, my boy um, this weekend. Um, okay. I have him every second weekend. He's eight. Nice. Uh, and I'm catching up with my cousin and his little family tomorrow for lunch at King Road Brewery. Okay. Uh, here in Bell... Oh, well, uh, in Beldivis. Yeah. Uh, shout out to those guys. Okay. They do a pretty mean feed down there. And, uh, yeah, just going to... Play video games, um, watch some YouTube with with my boy, and yeah, should, okay, should be fun. Cool, should be fun. Um, and today's special because we got our very we've been doing this show for a few weeks now, but we got mm. our very first guest. Awesome. So it's an absolute honour to have Chris Martin joining us today. How you going, Chris? Yeah, nice to be here. I'm number one. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris Martin, uh, you uh, let, tell us your backstory. What uh, what are you uh, involved with? What's your uh, story? Okay, well, I'm a guitar player. I actually have a degree in uh, creative music technology. That was at uh, ECU in Mount Lawley. Okay. I've also managed some bands over the years. That was before I did the degree. Oh, nice. I also panel on a radio show on another station. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. So you're all over, all, all over the place. You're doing a lot of different things. Yeah. Just getting involved in the music. So how long have you been doing the music thing for then? Well, I first touched the guitar in 2003. Before that, I was a piano player. That was 1995. Oh, wow. Going back now? Yeah. I'm wow. 33 now, so I've been around the traps for a while. Yeah, all right. Excellent. Excellent. Um, based in Perth, or have you been done doing this elsewhere as well? Uh, I was born and raised in Perth. I mean, I've pretty much been here all my life. Okay. Um, so tell us about uh, the music that you're playing now. I, I believe your, your stage name that you go by is uh, Sturm, right? Yeah, I can't. The years ago, there used to be a website called Perth Bands, and that was the name I used. I remember there. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I actually met anyone from uh, Perth Bands in general, apart from a guy called uh, Doctor Roxo. That was his name. Okay. Hi, Leon. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that was sort of before social media was a thing, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I think. Uh, I, th I first just think I discovered Perth bands around, it might have been 2007, but I think yeah. it was, it might have started up, say, maybe 2003, 2004. Yeah, that sounds about right, yeah. Because I used to go there regularly to discover all bands and stuff like that as well. That, so. I think they had a bit of a chat room thing as well. Yeah, probably. Chat rooms used to be a big thing before, yeah. you know. I mean, back then, MySpace was the big thing. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I had my own, pro my own profile and whatnot. No, I didn't use MySpace no. at all, no. Not a big Facebook person either, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a big social media person. Well, I like Twitter, and I do Let's like a little bit of Instagram as well. What about you? Are you a social media person? or well, The first social media thing I think I ever used was called High Five. That was 2005. High Five? What's that? I never heard of that one. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that one. I've, that was the first one I've been using then. I think I used Friendster. 
Oh, Friendster, I remember then that it one, was yeah. MySpace, then Facebook. Yeah. I've never used Twitter or TikTok. I don't use TikTok, no. Yeah, that's for kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, stylistically, what sort of music do you uh, play then? Well, there's a lot of stuff I'm inspired by. I mean, I'm a, a guitar player mainly. Mm-hmm. So things have to be guitar-centric. Yep. Even doesn't matter whether it's centered towards pop or rock or other things. I often take a lot of things from numerous guitar players, but I find you take some things you like from some guitar players and you find you don't like some things about certain guitar players, so that can shift the way you operate. Yeah, yeah. Example being, I think my main guitar player is a guy called Ingve Malmsteen. Love him, love his style. Yeah, yeah. Really sort of neoclassical t- type stuff. Yeah. yeah, I've definitely got that Swedish side in me. Yeah. I mean, I drive a Volvo, so... <laughs> I've definitely got that Swedish element. Yeah. Uh, so what what other influences do you have then? What's who's your main guitar players yeah. that you like uh, a big fan of? Eddie Van Halen was a big influence. Oh, yeah. Awesome. John Sykes, formerly of White Snake. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, Adrian Vandenberg. He uh, was in White Snake as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. Phil Collin from Def Leppard. Yep, yeah, it's a good one. Kirk awesome. Hammett, he's in Metallica. Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Reb Beach from Winger. Oh, yeah, all right, cool. George Lynch. Oh, yeah, Lynch Mob. Yeah, Lynch Mob. yeah, yeah. Vinnie Moore. Oh, yeah, it's uh, UFO and all that? Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. UFO now. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of different stuff. Brett wow. Gar said, I think he's the first guitar player I, have, I ever heard. Where was oh. he from, sorry? He's John Farnham's guitar player. Ah, uh-huh. there you go. Uh-huh. Cool. So a lot of different influences then. And uh, so you have put out, uh, what have you released so far then? Well, there's two songs up on a Bandcamp page, and they were actually written for an organization based in Houston. Oh, wow. So what's the story behind that then? Well, back in 2008, uh, sorry, 2018, I remember getting an, a text message from a person from that in- organization. Yeah. And she said, where's the song? I mean, what do you mean, where's the song? She said... I was talking about a song to play at Reactor, this thing called Reactor Room, and I said, well, there's, you could use, there's some songs that you could use. And she said, what about an original? I said, wait a minute, do you want a song like We Are The World? She said, yeah, that'd be great. I thought, all right, let's write one. And about, uh, and in April 2019, that song was released for the first time. It's called Get My Wings. Okay, cool. Well, let's play that one then for to start all things off. Um, anything we need to know about the song in particular at all? Or? Yeah, the singer, he's an Australian, but he lives in Dallas, and he is actually married to one of the real housewives of Dallas. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's a big Texas connection here. How, so we're, you know, like Houston and, and, and all that stuff, you know. Where, how did that all sort of become about? Like, where did that sort of instigate from? Well, Heidi, the founder... She's from the United States, and uh, in 2016, she had to move back to the States because of her husband's job. He works in the oil and gas industry. He's, okay. a, he's a project manager for BP. All right. Yeah. So that's where it came from. Yeah, she's actually lived in uh, numerous cities. She's, her hometown is called Cedarburg. That's in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. But in addition to that, she's also lived in Houston, Dallas, Austin, Raleigh, Chicago, and that's just in the United States. She's also lived in London, Edinburgh, Lagos, Brisbane, and Perth. Oh, there you go. All over the map. Jeez. Nice. Yeah. I'm tired just hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, let's uh, let's play this one then. Uh, Get my wings. Uh, the first one from uh, yourself. So um, let's crank it. Hit it, maestro. <laughs> <laughs>
Welcome to Inspire Radio. It's this Friday afternoon uh, with uh, Steve and Andrew, myself, uh, and we got a special guest today, Chris Martin. Okay, welcome to Inspire Radio. It's this Friday afternoon uh, with uh, Steve and Andrew, myself, uh, and we got a special guest today, Chris Martin, uh, who's a local musician, and uh, that song you just heard was uh, from his band Sturm, featuring Aaron Hendra with a song called Get My Wings. So uh, welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Steve, how are you going? How are we? Back yep. to back again? Yeah, back again. All right, before back we get into our little stick and all that, we want to talk to Chris about all what he's going on, what's going on with uh, all his stuff. Now, um, tell us your, your backstory a little bit, just briefly, on uh, your involvement with music and uh, what the story is with that. Okay, how did, how did I write that song? Well, that song was written for an organisation based in Houston. They're called Spectrum Fusion. Back in 2018... The boss of the organisation, Heidi, I was talking to her and she was asking, where's the song? And I'm, I said, what do you mean? She said, I need something to play at the events we hold. They're called reactor rooms. And then I said, well, there's a list of songs you could use for these things. She said, nah, I want an original. Then I said, wait a minute, do you want a song like We Are The World? She <laughs> said, yeah, that would be fantastic. So a month later, I wrote it, and after a long recording process in April 2019, the song was finally released. Well, there you go. Uh, so how did you get into music initially? What, what's your, your, uh, your backstory there? Well, no one in my family's musical, but my grandmother, who we tragically lost a couple of months ago, she was a piano player. So I guess that, I don't know if you'd call it talent, but it was always there. Mm. I remember I could operate the... St- my dad's stereo when I was about three years old. It's like, and I'd remember seeing what was in his CD collection and knowing the artist. I'd say, okay, that's John Farnham. That's Midnight Oil. That's Bruce Springsteen. That's Paul Simon. Yeah. Wow. And, th- and there's uh, some of your influences, I assume, then? Some of your yeah, major influences? Some, some things I picked up on. Yeah. As far as guitar players go, I take a lot of influence from 80s guitar players. Oh, nice. Ingve Malmsteen, Eddie Van Halen, Kirk Hammett. John Sykes, John Norum, Key Marcello, George Lynch, fellas like that. Nice. Um, and, and being in Perth, how are you finding uh, the music scene here? And Have you been out getting doing any shows at all? Or? I'm just trying to find a band to play in. I know people that, are look, that have been in bands for some time, but yeah. y- you often find yourself, sometimes it's a matter of just getting the money together so you can get the gear and, yeah. then, and then finding the people that you gel with because yeah. sometimes it's hard to find people that you, actually, you can actually work with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Band chemistry is very important. So how long have you been doing this then? How long have I been a guitar player? Yeah. Well, I first bought a guitar in August 2003. Okay. That's when I was 16 years old. Wow. And what were you playing initially? Just cover songs or were you writing music uh, that time as well? Well, I think I started writing songs in earnest around about... Maybe it was 2010. I remember I demoed some things at a a youth centre down in, oh, sorry, from where we are, it would be up in Coburn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I remember I actually showed a demo to Gautier. Remember him? The name sounds familiar. Remind me who that is again. Now you're just somebody that I used to know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes all it takes is to hear a certain melody or a tune because I sometimes forget song titles and and things like that, you know. Yeah, I went to this thing called Song Summit in Sydney in uh, 2010. Okay. I met Gautier, showed him some of my stuff, and he seemed to like it, so that was a bit of a 
I was thought, okay, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. I met some other people there like Jeff Martin from Tea Party and oh, nice. Julian Hamilton from The Presets. Okay. Yeah. Um, and just that you mentioned Jeff Martin. Now, no relation, obviously, with your name, Chris Martin. Nah, that, that you must have gotten a bit of attention because your name has been obviously the same as a very well-known Chris Martin, as we know. Well, every yeah. time I go into the pub, I hear people singing Viva La Vida <laughs> with a scientist. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. My high school was a bit of a problem because in my year, there was a kid called Tom Jones. There was oh, a wow. kid in another year called John Cusack. Wow. There was a maths teacher called Paul Newman. Jeez. There was a cooking teacher called Clive Palmer. <laughs> yeah, I know it sounds like a sitcom, but this oh, is man. real. That sounds like a good TV show. Yeah, I reckon. The Clive I reckon. Palmer, I mean, that, that person's life is probably destroyed now because of what's going on with, <laughs> exactly. you know, Clive Palmer, you know. Man, that's an interesting school then. So Yeah, John 23rd College. Wow. And uh, speaking of, the, yeah, I think I'll, that was it was, it's not a music school, but we have had some... F- Musicians come out of there, yeah. such as Kevin Parker and Dom Simper from Tame Impala. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, right. They'd be the main ones. Oh, wow, okay, cool. Um, so what's your uh, your plans then? For Obviously, you've released a couple of songs here, so what, what's next for you then? Well, there's some album. You, do you remember the album Super, Supernatural by Santana? Sure, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Carlos, he tend, you've got all those songs in a... He's working with all these different artists. Like on one song, there's Rob Thomas. On another song, there's Eric Clapton. I yeah. think on another song, he might have someone like Seal. Yeah, a lot of different guests on that one. Yeah. yeah. I remember after I wrote Get My Wings, I think hmm, maybe the, there are some more songs like that, but they didn't always fit the mainstream rock thing. Some of them fitted metal. Some fitted the pop genre. Some almost had more in common with country. Yeah, right. I th- I've got one that's sort of... It sort of sounds a bit like something Keith Urban would write. I think that's the best song I've ever written. Oh, nice. Okay. So you consider your influence to be influences to be quite diverse then? Do you like to have a bit of a diverse sort of mix in your music? Or? Yeah, you hear some songs and you think, well, I remember seeing Richard Marks about two years ago and I went through his, uh, I looked him up on YouTube and it's amazing how many artists he's actually written songs for and or with. Oh wow! Yeah, he's actually worked with Luther Vandross. He's, I think, he's worked with Vixen. Yeah. He's worked with John Farnham. He's worked with Keith Urban and wow. a lot of other artists that I can't remember. Yeah, that's a long list of names. Yeah, I know uh, he's done some things with NSYNC too. Well, that's a bit, um, I guess, left of field. I guess. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, how do you mesh Keith Urban and NSYNC? It's <laughs> <laughs> like ma- mashing two two universes together. Exactly right. right. Yeah. All right, so we got another song that we want to play for you. Um, tell us a bit about this song, Live to See 40. Well, I think I remember writing it last year. It was either about November or December. This is obviously before COVID-19 was a thing. Mm. And people were th- and I remember thinking, hmm, there's a lot of people, because Spectrum Fusion, they exist to make the world better for people with autism. Yeah. And I have heard that people with autism have a very low life expectancy some of them, some, some some say that it may be as low as 36 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what do you think, just before we play the song, what, what do you think, because I do, it's an important subject, obviously, what do you think is the biggest misconception about autism? Hmm. I would say that, let's see, people think, oh, they've got nothing, little to offer, mm. Mental, mental. they're mentally disabled, Yeah. they haven't got any friends, They got. they don't have any prospects, I can't relate to this person. Yeah. Yeah, I have a few friends who got autism, like a very sort of, um, 
I guess, uh, sort of on the low sort of spectrum of autism and stuff. And, uh, I mean, they're just, you know, they're great people, you know, just like they got lots of friends and they just do normal things. And uh, I think there's a misconception about autism that's sort of, you know. It's it's almost like a stigma. A little bit. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So, well, let's play this song there, Lift to C40, because this is uh, what you touched on about the, the sort of age um, sort of bracket, you know. So, this is a good song to play. Um, anything else we need to know about it at all? Or? Yeah, the singer is actually based in Perth. She's originally from Penticton in Canada. I hope I said that right. Oh, wow. All the way up to the Great North. Yeah, she moved out here about five years ago. All right, cool. Well, let's play this one, uh, Lift to C40 from uh, Sturm featuring uh, M.U. Zen. Is that who you Yeah, I think it's M.U. Zen. Yeah. Um, it could be E.M.U. Zen, but I don't think there's too many E.M.U.s in Canada. <laughs> I don't think so, no. Hit it! All right. I wanna bask in 
so there you go. Uh, a song called Live to See 40 uh, featuring uh, Sturm. Uh, uh, so there you go. Uh, a song called "Live to See 40 uh, featuring uh, Sturm. I uh, sorry, Sturm featuring Mu Zen, uh, and we have uh, Chris Martin here in the studio with us. Uh, thanks again for uh, for letting us play these songs. Um, again, you were talking about the backstory be- behind that song. Um, between those two songs that we played today, Dan, have you have any particular favourite at all? Or mm, hard to say. I keep thinking maybe I can come up with something better. Or something that's got maybe some more guitar parts or or better guitar solos. Yeah. Yeah. And were they recorded at the same time or two different sort of like times and studios and stuff uh, like that? The first Get My Wings, that was largely written with a guy called Peter Renzullo. Okay. He's out in uh, the eastern suburbs. He was also directed a movie called Anticipation. Okay. It was a local movie. He's a very talented guy. Oh, cool. Live to see 40. That was... Largely produced by a guy called Rob Agostini. I think he's... I can't give away his location, but he's somewhere in the southeastern suburbs. All right, okay. Cool. I know he's actually worked with Dido. Oh, wow, okay. A lot of name dropping there. There you go. I reckon. Um, Yeah, so uh, as I said, um, what is your plans now for uh, the next six months or 12 months or so? Well, it's a bit difficult with uh, things being what they are in these very unusual times. Sure. Hopefully, I can get some more money in, get it, get songs, get more songs recorded. I know I've had I've demoed several songs over the past couple of months. I've I'm hoping to get one is a bit of a trip hop song. Yeah. I'm tr- trying to get the singer to hopefully agree to it as we speak. Okay. So, yeah. so you're always writing songs, isn't it? coming up with ideas and things like that? Yeah, or? you never know when you come up with ideas. I mean, I often hear ideas for lyrics and have to type them into my phone. Yeah, yeah, never. it just sort of comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? Yeah, I keep thinking of a scene in the movie 8 Mile where you see, oh God, what was his name? Eminem was playing a guy called Jimmy, wasn't he? Oh, I've never seen the movie. Steve, have you seen it? I have, I have, yeah. I figured you might be an Eminem fan. I don't know why. but Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah look, I'm a music fan. Come on, give me, give me a break here. <laughs> no, um, well, he, his well stage name in the movie was Rabbit. Yeah, so. I think his name was Jimmy Rabbit, and you see him on the bus. He's got this exercise book, and he's writing down Exactly rhymes. right, yeah. Uh, okay. F- funny enough, you bring that up, because we, uh, as you know, at the Rock Pit, we've interviewed a number of... Uh, well, big stars, and one of my questions once was, you know, how do you come up with ideas? And funnily enough, I can't remember off the top of my head who, who I was interviewing at the time, but he literally had an exercise book by his bed, mm. and he'd wake up in the middle of the night and just jot down his idea so that when he woke up in the morning, he could go, have it there. go straight in and not have to think um, about it. Is that what it you do, or do you yeah. do that on your phone? Or Yeah, that's what I do. Sometimes yeah. I hear stuff, it's like, oh, heck, got to write this down, because yeah. you don't want to forget it, well, that's especially it. if it's good. That's it. Have you done that before where you've got an idea and forgot about it and you've lost it? Yeah, that's a bit of a problem. Well, you got you always got to be make sure you can type it in because the thing with some people's memories is that they can be, be very short. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I can re- sometimes I can remember things from years back in my long term memory, but short term memory is not so good. Yeah, yeah. I'm the, I'm kind of the same. I, I forget what day it is, like I did earlier today, and uh, but then I'll remember stuff from like 15 years ago. That was like some random event that everyone's going, huh? What? You it's know? okay, people. Next week, Andrew will think it's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I do that all the time, where I think it's like a certain day, and then the following day, everything goes back to normal again. You know? Yeah. Do you ever have those moments where you just forget so, such simple stuff? You know? 
Yeah, it's like sometimes you have to remember what day of uh, the week it is by what TV show is on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, TV shows. What, what is? Because we've talked about this quite a lot about TV shows and films and that, that, films. that kind of stuff. Yep. What's your? Uh, what is your go-to TV show or even a movie? What's your uh, style or pre- preference? I don't really have a go-to TV show at the moment because you have to find time to watch shows. Well, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Some, I often find that sometimes you find people binging binge watching TV shows, but you really have to set time aside to watch them, mm. and and you don't even know if the show's going to end well, or or it might just start out well, like Lost did, but then go down the tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaking Bad. I think a lot of people consider that to be the best show ever because it started and finished with a bang. It was like consistent all the way through. Yeah, all killer, no filler. Sad to say, I've never seen that show. Okay, we can I've no longer be friends. I've got to get around to watching that show as well. <laughs> oh, you've never seen it either? Yeah. Oh, I'm out of the loop when it comes... That's it. Co- you yeah. guys are out. <laughs> I'm terrible. I've got, I'm out of the loop when it comes to so many things. Uh, I'm, this, I'm the exact same, man. I'm the exact same. Like, There's so much stuff that everyone's been raving on about, and I'm like, I have no idea what they're talking about. I'm still about. killing myself over that F, F is for family. Oh, that's a new, that's a new... That's on Netflix. I don't, do you watch Netflix at all? Or? Well, we've got Netflix at home, but I think the show I'm looking to get into... It, if we've got time, is on Apple TV, Ted Lasso. Oh, I've heard of that. What's that one again? It's about he's an American and he's hired to coach a soccer team in England, but he's never coached a soccer That's team it, before. Yeah. He comes from a college gridiron. That's right. Who is in that show again? I think his name is a, is it the coach. Is, is Jason Sudeikis. Oh, Did yeah. I say that name he's right? Sudeikis or Sudakis or one of the something like that, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now I'm, I don't have any idea <laughs> what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I'm and now I'm the old one in the room. <laughs> well, there you go, there you go. Um, but I mean, outside of like uh, like personal experiences, I mean, what do you think is? I mean, do you get inspired by TV shows and mo- movies at all? Like, how does that connect relate to music at all in any way? Do you think? Or uh, sometimes it's hard to say. You might watch it something on get seeing something out of a TV show that that can inspire you, but mm. sometimes. It doesn't work. Yeah. One yeah. show that I remember deriving a. I remember there's a Star Trek: The Next Generation. That's oh, yeah. a. Obviously, it's supposed to be enter- an entertaining show, but there's mm. a lot of brainy stuff in there. I know that one of my songs, I haven't finished writing it, but it's got a title from one of the episodes. It's called One Man's Worth. Okay. That's where I think, if I remember rightly. Data is put on trial whether he should be disassembled or not, and Picard has to defend him, saying, "No, you can't deactivate Data. I need him on the Enterprise." Yeah, right. So you um, you love a lot of sci-fi stuff then, or? Yeah, well, as a kid, I was a Star Wars junkie. I s- still am. Yeah, big Transformers fan as well. Oh, nice. Now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> How has that series gone, by the way? It was I've, I have the, I don't think I've seen the last one. So is it is it been keeping up or? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it, it kind of got Hollyfied, if that uh, Hollywoodfied, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, is ha- it? Is it having so Megan Fox in there and that? You know that kind of. Is she thing. still in it? Or no? Oh no, I couldn't say. Yeah, she no. hasn't been there since the first one, second yeah. one, or second one. Uh, yeah. Second, yeah, I think it yeah. was. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm an old school. I prefer the eighties uh, cartoon the or something. Eighties cartoon. <laughs> I used to watch that religiously on Cheese TV. Cheese TV. Uh, there you go. Now you're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. 
anyone that doesn't know, Chiefs TV was this thing, I guess. Was it nine? I guess it was 90s, right? And it was like, yeah. I think it was 1995 through to 2004. Something like that. I actually met Jade and Ryan at Supernova back in 2016. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Very I remember good. when they met me, we talked about stuff. We got I got my picture and they said, he's a true cheeseoid. <laughs> <laughs> that just topped off his year. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, cool. Let's let's have a, a little um, segment that we like to call off the record. So we're going to throw some bullet point questions at you, and uh, just just uh, come up with whatever's uh, coming through the top of your head uh, initially. Okay. Um, here we go. First one. Um, I'll start. The, I'll start it off. Uh, where's the place in the in the world that you would love to play a live show? Well, if you told me to play one venue in particular, I'd go with. San Siro in Milan, because oh. I'm an AC Milan supporter. Ah, okay. That would be outdoor venues. Yeah. In terms of other places, I mean, I know about great arenas. There's Staples Centre, Los Angeles, yeah. Madison Square Garden, yeah. the O2 in London. There you go. Some big ones there. Tokyo would also be a great city to play in. I'd love to go to Japan, yeah. Yeah. Steve, you got uh, a question you want to throw at them? Hmm, let's see. Uh, your first memory of music, what was it? First memory of music, that would be really hard. And I'm not talking nursery rhymes. <laughs> the Wiggles? Oh, heck. Well, I remember Dad's CDs. And early, I think the first CD I can remember, remember listening to in it properly was either Age of Reason by John Farnham or Chain Reaction by John Farnham. That was also the first concert I ever saw in uh, 1996. Oh, nice. Yeah, and... Also, Aaron, Aaron Hendra, the guy who sung on one of my songs. Oh, yeah. I think he got a bit of a break writing a song for John Farnham. It was called Don't Let It End. Oh, wow. Okay. That was on the the Romeo's Heart album. And when I saw the tour, Farnham did that song. It was a duet with one of the backing singers. All right. Cool. Wow. Yeah. So I'm guessing Farnham must be a bit of an influence for you as well then. He's the probably the closest thing I have to a hero. Yeah, right. I remember sometimes I used to go to karaoke nights up in the northern suburbs yeah. and I'd bring along this shocking blonde mullet wig. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have the mullet anymore, does no, he? No, no. I mean, He's lost all the mystique. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, people who used to have mullets don't have mullets anymore. Yeah. Like, oh, you still see a few rocking uh, around yeah. every once in a while, you know. Hang around rock and yeah. you have a bit longer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Richard Marks has ditched uh, James Hetfield, even Clive Waterhouse. Clive Waterhouse, man. Uh, James Hetfield was rocketed in the 90s when it was after the mullet craze. Remember that during the load era, he was doing this full like mullet. Oh, I was yeah, like, that it was, was crazy. That was a that was a that was a crazy. Mullet. I believe the story behind that was because he got uh, burnt in a pyro accident in '92 in Montreal, and his hair was never quite the same. So he just kind of went slowly, like just shaved it off. But he went mullet first before he completely went, you know, yeah. cut it all off. Yeah, he had long hair at the time of the black when the black album came out. Then I think the accident was '92. '92 in Montreal. Yeah, yeah, and that was while on tour with Guns N' Roses. That was yeah. it, yeah. And yeah. then there was a massive riot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I saw Guns N' Roses in uh, 2007, 
Burswood, and I think there had to be special permission because the show started at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> oh, wow. Ended really? at 1 p.m. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Axel's known to be yeah. quite well, late in well, his... Uh, late for his shows. Any later, yeah. he'd be at Christmas. Uh, <laughs> there's been some shocker ones over the years, and that's yeah. partly why the Montreal one was... Uh, why uh, it blew up, because... Uh, he wasn't even late. He cancelled. He just ba- yeah, bailed he out. he just yeah. bailed. He, yeah. said, he said th- it wasn't good enough. See ya. Yeah. Uh, I out. Think, yeah, I think Axel couldn't take the sh- show because he's, he might have had a sore throat or something, but... Oh, bit of a lame excuse, yeah, Axel, though, yeah, yeah, you know. He sounds like Axel's going to be late for his own funeral. Yeah. I, I think Axel had his feelings hurt a little bit. Just a little bit, yeah. Um, who would you love to do a show with then? Uh, in terms of a concert, or yeah, like a live concert. Like who would be? Who would you like to support? Like as a supporting act, who would you love to uh, open up for? My parents are going to kill me for this, but uh, if System of a Down can ever come back to Perth, I'd love to. Open for them. Wow, that's a bit left field. I didn't wow. expect that one. System no, over down. I wow, why them? Well, when I was in high school, I used to play the Toxicity album all the time. Yeah. Remember when I had high school exams, I had to put that song in the car to get psyched up. Wow. You know, I think if uh, mum... Chop Suey. Yeah, if mum hears Chop Suey again, she's going <laughs> to shoot herself. There's even some guy on YouTube, I think he's called System of a Lego, and he makes like <laughs> brick film versions of the System of a Down songs. Oh, oh man. my gosh. People can be so creative sometimes, you know. It's, it's cool, yeah. But System of a Down Special. are a very unique band. Out of that whole new metal movement that came out of the late 90s, early 2000s, they were one of the standout bands because they were sort of, I mean, how would you label their music? It's almost progressive in a way, uh, you know? It's, it's, <sighs> it, 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 it's its own thing. It's like progressive... Uh, Psychedelic. I mean, they uh, they go between sort of rock and then metal and then sort of like this and weird. And then you know. they also throw in their heritage, which is Armenian. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So and then they've got their traditional instruments going there. Yeah. So it's really cool. I remember. Uh, I don't know for anyone else, but I remember hearing the track Sugar. Yeah, Sugar, yeah. Uh, yeah. Off the f- first album, and I've I needed that album like pretty much immediately because mm, yeah. there was also uh, and this is taking a trip back there was a poster magazine called Twisted oh yeah yeah I remember yeah. that the magazine and yeah yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. I had Cold Chamber posters and God knows what else on my wall and I saw yeah a poster of System of a Down and that was it that was I, it I was sold I had to find out who these guys were because wow. I was collecting uh, Metal Hammer still do yeah, this yeah, day yeah. And, uh, can you even buy their magazines anymore yeah, like uh, it's getting or? harder and harder Yeah, but I mean uh, subscription sets you back some because it's a uh, British magazine of course so they ship it over from the UK they do yeah. but then that's at a premium but too, they got a digital so. version now I'm sure oh yeah, yeah. not the same sure. though but no yeah. it's uh. not, n- not like holding it but anyway like you were saying yeah. Remember when I heard them, I thought, okay, they're clearly influenced by bands like Metallica and Slayer, but there's a healthy bit of Frank Zappa-style yeah. weirdness in there, yeah, 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 which yeah. sets them apart from a lot of other bands. That's exactly That's what I thought. Like they, they were so because there was, you know, at that time there were so many bands, and the market got a little bit saturated with all these bands trying to do the whole new metal movement. But they were one of the few that were just kind of doing their own kind of thing, but, you know. Now yeah. you want to talk about left field bands that they were the left field band, yeah. and to, the to lyrics me. in particular, like going back to Sugar Surge is singing stuff about the kombucha mushroom people and i'm like <laughs> eh, what are you talking about mate yeah yeah no, uh, i never paid too much attention to the lyrics because i'm not a huge lyrical guy i don't know what's well, when you listen to music what's the first thing that pops in your head like uh, lyrics or guitar or drums or it's hard to say sometimes with lyrics you can easily pick it others you can't i remember mm. trying to i remember with chop suey was trying to google uh, what's it about 
I think Serge actually said it's about what people, how people are perceived when they die. Yeah. Some people said, oh, this is a Christian song. People don't, how people don't appreciate what Jesus did. This is, a, this is ref, because they look at the bit at the end of the song, they're claiming, Father, Father, <laughs> that part. Other people say it's to do with September 11, 2001. That's the self-righteous suicide part of the oh, song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people, I remember some people saying that Jet Pilot was about September 11. Evan, well, specifically the wide were the eyes of the horse on a jet pilot. Yeah. Because when people think of horses, they say, uh, why the long face? <laughs> Bajing. Um, yeah, very interesting band. Uh, we're not unfortunately going to play any of their stuff, but we got to play some music and then we'll come back for another segment, I think. And this is going pretty well. Yeah. We're coming back. You want to stick around? Oh, I could be here all night. All right, cool. All right, let's play a bit of, uh, I think we touched on it a little bit with, um, Santana and, uh, is he, are you a fan of him? Any? I've never seen him, but I'm starting to think I should. Yeah, I saw him a few years ago. They were playing with the Doobie Brothers at the Perth Arena, uh, Fantastic, but such a there is so much going on. It's almost like a festival type thing. So much people on stage and just almost like a theatrical show, really. Yeah, very a uh, very festive. Let's play this one. This is featuring uh, Rob Thomas, who I believe is from Matchbox, Matchbox Twenty. Matchbox 20. Yeah, yeah, Matchbox, not that I'm a fan, Matchbox Twenty. Yeah, Matchbox Twenty. There you go. All right, cool. Santana with a song called Smooth. Bit of white snake there for you, and um, you were saying Chris just off the year. That was the you noticed it was a remix or remastered version. Yeah, it's I've got the. A box set of that album. I think there's six discs of White Snake. It's I think the original album. Some of the remixes, some live versions, yeah. some B sides. Yeah. For me, that's just about the best album of the eighties. Yeah. Along with Hysteria by Def Leppard, nineteen eighty four by Van Halen, and Master of Puppets by Metallica. There you go. Yeah. I was just awesome. uh, thinking because uh, I did. A, I also do a monthly podcast at the Rock Pit, uh, which is a media publication that we also work for. And uh, there's a couple of anniversaries that are all popping up. And I thought I'd like to get you your thoughts on this because 1990 and 1995 in particular were big years for music. Um, there were two that popped up. 1990 was Alice in Chains' uh, debut album, Facelift. And I love 19, that album, by the way. It's a fantastic album. I uh, don't know if you're an Alice in Chains fan at all. Or? I know too many of their songs. I know some. I know Rooster, and I know. Yeah. I think I know We Die Young. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. Man in the Box. Man in the Box. Yeah. Yep, Angry yep. Chair. Angry and, you know. Chair. Wood. Yeah. Wood. Oh yeah. yeah. That's Good. their best known song. Yeah. Um. But there was a yeah, like uh, what was the other one? Uh, there's a well, it's a bit more obscure, I guess. But there's a band called Down. Uh, that was sort of like a side band to Pantera, and they mm. were celebrating their. Uh, 25th anniversary of their of, first album. Uh, yeah, Nola. Nola, that's it. Down Nola. Nola. If you read, if you're wondering why it's called Nola and why the band's called Down, there's a thing. There's a phrase in New Orleans. It's called Down Nola, Down in New Orleans, yeah. but they pronounce it as Down Nola. Well, uh, that's where it came from. For anyone out there that's interested, I've actually seen a, uh, a documentary. I will get the name of it, and it's it centers around all those bands from the Louisiana. Um, sort of bayou area. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, down all those kind of guys. Um, yeah, and it was really quite interesting. It had uh, Jimmy Bauer, of course. Yep, yep. Um, and and yeah, all the luminaries that you can possibly think of in that genre. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I will um endeavour to find out if anyone's interested. And um, yeah, it was it was well worth watching. Cool. Very, very cool. What was the name of it? Um, that's what I'm going to I don't know the name of it. Okay. Oh, oh, not off the top of my head. I will find out. I'll figure I'll, it out eventually. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll come back to you hopefully by the end of the show. Yeah. But um, I watched it 
uh, just recently, and it was very, very cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Is, it, is there a band called X Hoarder? Are they on that? X Hoarder, uh, yeah. yeah. That, yeah I think yeah. they're from New Orleans. Ky- yeah. Kyle Sanders, I believe his name was. I, I thought you were going to say Kyle Sandlin's. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, uh, X Hoarder. Uh, actually, they dropped an album this year, believe they it They did, or not. and I picked it out as one of my favourite albums of the year. This is more sort yeah. of a groove metal type stuff. Um, if, uh, they influenced so many bands that came later it in was, there. They were huge. Yeah. yeah. Huge. That's going to go under the over the heads of a lot of people listening, I, I think. Know, but yeah. uh, this Sorry. is kind of more. So, underground sorry, stuff. people. <laughs> I'm in groove metal. I know Pantera. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's been 30 years since Cowboys of Hell came out. That was the other one I was thinking of. Pa- Cowboys from Hell from Pantera. Wow. 30 years ago. But I was thinking also, because even though 1990 was a big year for music, I felt 1991 was massive. Now, you think about the, the albums that were coming out that year. Pearl Jam put out an album. Metallica put out an album. Nirvana dropped their second album. Yeah. Um. I mean, the the list of albums that came out in '91, it was just. But that 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 whole time period was just insane. It was it, incredible. It was incredible. It was. It's sort of like how the people who grew up in the '70s look at the '70s as the golden era of music, and yeah. the people in the '60s would say the same thing as well. I think for us, the '90s was kind of that golden Not, era. Yeah, it was because mm. we were well. Young and I guess for impre- people who are in their like thirties and forties, that's kind of you know the nineties was kind of the thing, I guess. You it know, it was. Uh, I mean, I, I know we'd go on about it, but for me, it was my sister showing up with a a uh, magazine with Kurt Cobain on the front, dressed as a woman. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And and that was my introduction to Nirvana. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Remember 91, you had Guns N' Roses. They put out the Use Your Illusion that's album. Right. Skid Row yes. put out Slave to the Grind. Yep. yep. Uh, fantastic. Those usual losing the albums, I still think oh, considered to be one of the best, absolutely. some of the best rock stuff ever. Yep. Um, yeah, and, fantastic uh, albums. And they were just, they were just prolific. The, the, well, I wouldn't say prolific. I mean, well, they put out three sorry, albums. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, smarty. Uh, what I meant was with those two albums. Oh yeah, well, yeah, was, yeah. You know, it seemed to be one thing after another. They were writing a lot of stuff. In fact, a, a good chunk of those albums were written pre-Appetite for Destruction as well. Really? Don't Cry in November Rain, I know for a fact, were written before Appetite was even released. Really? Yeah. There were really old songs hanging around, but it just there wasn't the right fit for those albums at the uh-huh. time. Axel Rose was always going to go in that direction. Chinese democracy and all that, he was always going to go in that direction. Always. Yeah. He was never going to do the traditional classic hard rock that Appetite um, was. You know, It was um, always going to be his... Because he's a big influence. Uh, he's influenced hugely by people like Elton John and Queen and things like that, you know? Yeah, so. yeah I've heard Axel's favourite song is actually Benny and the Jets. Yeah, yeah. He's got a very eclectic taste, believe it or not. He's not a rocker like Slash or Duffy is. He's you wouldn't really think it, would you? You, you, would, you would pick him as the rocker. Yeah, I think Axel was regarded as the, a Queen fan. Slash, I think his favourite band is Aerosmith. Yeah. Izzy was apparently a fan of, I think it's Dixie Dregs. Oh, really? Duff's never, got that punk rock influence. He's, uh, he, he grew up, in, he was hanging around with all the Seattle grunge guys because yeah. Duff is from Seattle originally. Well, he, yeah. he hung out with like Alice in Chains yeah. and all that yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah definitely. He could have amazing. easily become part of one of those grunge bands. Easily. Easy. If he had been, you know, in the in the right cards or whatever. But, yeah, you know, yeah. I read his autobiography a few years ago and uh, it's just a very interesting story how he was able to climb out of that Guns N' Roses world. Mm. Uh, and come out of it alive, you know? Cause but by the skin of his teeth, I might Oh, he, he, he got very lucky. Very, very lucky. And Slash as well. Yeah. So, um... How those dudes are still alive is any, anyone's guess. It's crazy. I remember speaking with someone about this years ago, and an old lecturer when I was at TAFE, and he, and he said, 
there are a lot of people who have tried to live up to what Keith Richards has done and <laughs> they've killed themselves doing perhaps one-tenth of what that Keith Richards has done. Yeah. <laughs> he shouldn't be around still. No. <laughs> if Keith dies, there's no hope. There's no hope for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he's... Uh, yeah, I can't believe the Rolling Stones are still doing it, you know. That's just crazy. Speaking of books, I can remember reading The Heroin Diaries by Nicky Six. Oh, and yeah. did I? Yeah. How I'm, is he not dead? Yeah. I know. Well, he did die. He, he did, did yeah. die. Yeah, he had to be revived. We didn't. Yeah, he had to get two shots of adrenaline into his heart. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Did you um, watch the film, the documentary they did on Netflix? I haven't seen that yet. Uh, it's uh, uh, You get a bit of a mixed review on it because it, it's kind of goes through it pretty quick and kind of just uh, glosses yeah, all, o- the, all over the, a lot of the, the details. The book is more, obviously, in-depth detailed. Yeah, but the, the uh, dirt, based on the dirt. The, yeah. the uh, Which doc, is a good book. Doc, doco movie thing. Was yeah, it just was too quick. It should have been like a miniseries or something because um, there was so much of the story that they just kind of, you know, um, swept under the rug, so to speak. But, yeah, um, it, it was, it was a mishmash. <laughs> if I'm honest. But. Well, um, let's get and play. Let's go and play some Motley Crue, actually. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to play a hit song because there's so many other hit songs, but I'm going to play something a bit more under the radar. And I've always been a big fan of this particular song. And I think if you don't know the album very well and only know the singles, you'll probably have never heard the song. But this one actually fa- – and I don't know who the singer is, but there's this great female voice that he- sings at the end of the song. And I don't know the name of it, but she's fantastic and really adds so much depth to the song. Um, this one's called Dancing on Glass. It comes off the Girls, Girls, Girls album, 1987? Yeah, it was 1987. Yeah, that's right. Dancing on Glass. Bit of space trucking there from uh, Ace Freely, not Deep Purple. Uh, for those wondering what was going on with that song, that's actually a cover from Ace Freely from an upcoming new album he's about to release later this year, where he's uh, basically just covering a lot of his uh, influences and favourite bands and bands that he's even been a part of, including, obviously, Kiss and stuff like that. Um, awesome. Yeah. Um, so we were talking off the air about um, a lot of the uh, sort of albums that were coming out in 95 and stuff. And uh, what was the album that you were mentioning before? Um, uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, Smashing Pumpkins uh, was another one. Um, what else yeah. have we got? There's Oasis, What's the Story, Morning Glory. That's right, yeah, that was that, a big that one. That was huge. Yeah. Especially in the UK. Yeah. I never got to see because obviously those brothers now do their own solo thing and, and all yeah, that. They'll but, uh, never reform. You don't think? Never, yeah, ever. Yeah. No, they've already stated in a number of interviews. Yeah, that it ain't gonna happen. But then the same thing could have been said about GNR and Look Slash and Duff are back in the band again. True, so. but the, the, never I mean, say never. But then yeah. they're also not uh, too hard headed Liverpudlians <laughs> either. <laughs> I, think actually, I think they're actually from Manchester. Manchester, oh, yeah. Ma- Ma- Manchester City. Manchester City. Excuse me out there, people. I think you'd need a billion pounds to get them back together. Yeah, probably. 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 Damn it. I wanted to just circle back to the uh, Off the Record segment just for a brief second because there was a question I wanted to ask you, just speaking of, like, famous musicians and celebrities and all that kind of stuff. If you had a chance to invite – this is past or present, dead or alive. If you you had a chance to invite three dinner guests – now, keep in mind, because I asked Steve about this last week as well, keep in mind, you don't have to be a fan of their music, but anyone that you think would make a good conversationalist at the dinner table, who would be the three guests you'd have, uh, musician-wise? Well, first and foremost, in terms of conversations, you'd need Alice Cooper. Oh, yeah. That's can, a good one. Can you imagine the stories that he would have? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because he's been doing it for so long, and the people he's met, 
just an absolute legend, that guy. And also one of the most, apparently, I've never met him, but one of the most down-to-earth kind of guys as well. Yeah, you wouldn't think that he's just a, a guy that goes and plays golf. Yeah, he does. In fact, there's a little... Yeah. I don't he's know if big I should... on it. He, yeah. Every time he plays in Perth, he goes and stays up in Joondalup and plays at the golf course up there because uh-huh. he loves that golf course, apparently. Yeah, yeah so. that's where he usually plays golf in Perth. Yeah. Uh, who's the other two? Who else would you need? Hmm, that's a hard one. An interesting one to have would be Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails. Oh, yeah, that'd so be He can actually make an album all by himself. That's true. Which he has probably done, I'm, yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, he's done stuff like that. <laughs> Usually Trent plays most of the the instruments on Nine Inch Nails albums. Yeah, yeah. He's a bit of a an entrepreneur as far as musical sort of landscapes that he's involved with, you know? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Highly underrated in my book. Um, who's your last guest, do you reckon? Mm, this is hard to say. Steve Vai would be really interesting to have on because of his outlook on life and some of the people he's worked with. Oh, yeah. He's, he's not just worked with... He's not hasn't just worked with White Snake and Alcatraz, if you can remember them. He's also done some work with Public Image Limited and other bands. All right. Yeah, um... Yeah, you mentioned Alcatraz there, because uh, who's that? Graham Bonnet, Yeah, that's right? Graham that's Bonnet. Right. Yeah, they yeah. put out a new album a couple of years ago. I think it's the first original Alcatraz album since 1986. It's crazy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's a long time between... Because uh, I was like... Uh, it was another band. This is more on the heavier side of things, but I was uh, a band called Heathen that's from uh, San Francisco in the Bay Area. And um, in the 30-plus years I've been around, they've only put out three albums. Three albums. Wow. Yeah, in fact, in fact, the the gap between the first two albums was like twenty years or something like that. It was well, crazy. Yeah, there's there's been a number of of different bands that have sort of. Well, the one the other one that comes to mind is Tool. They yeah. don't take their yeah. they, they take their time between between they, albums. They yeah. certainly do. Yeah, because ten- Metallica's not far behind them. Yeah. <laughs> Def Leppard have a bit of that problem as well. Do they? Oh, yeah. yeah, I suppose they do. Yeah, yeah, because uh, the last album they did came out in two thousand and fifteen. Previous album before that was 2008. Okay, yeah. I think the last album before that was 2002. So it's a bit of time between each album. I mean, bands don't put out albums as much as they used to. And as a musician yourself, what do you think is the biggest reason why that is? Well, I think bands are on the road more, or at least they used to be before yeah, something called COVID-19 yeah. showed up. And sometimes musicians wonder, do people actually listen to any of my new songs? Like Billy Joel, he hasn't put out an album of quote-unquote, original material since 1993. Wow. There you go. Yeah, I guess some artists are out there and they just live off of their past hits, I guess. Yeah, I mean, some. I think you don't want to be living off your past glory, but you wonder if you put out something new, you ask yourself, is this as good as my old stuff? Have I lost it? Yeah. Do people even care? Yeah, that's the thing. It's hard for, It's hard to get people to really care about music. I mean... Promoting yourself, and I'm sure you know a little bit about this, and you know, promoting your music, new music to people who have never heard of those songs or yourself or whatever it is. I mean, especially in these days because of the market being so saturated with so many other bands and music that's out there and it's so easy to access as well. Um, it must be so difficult. I mean, what's the difficult challenges that you face with music today? I think it's competing against history. I mean, when my par- in my parents' younger years, the 60s, you didn't have as many bands to compete with. You had... Maybe the Beatles, the Stones, Elvis, Beach Boys. The competition was a little less limited. Yeah. Now today, you can still get Beatles albums and Elvis albums on CD, vinyl re-releases, yeah. stream them. Yeah. 
And I don't know about, about you guys, but for me, I think the platforms have sort of destroyed any kind of, I don't know, uh, um, well. The specialness of, of buying oh, spe- music. Specialness, because, yeah. because to, uh, and you would be the same, Andrew, and I'm sure the same for yourself. Um, yeah, holding that CD that you've, or a vinyl that you've wanted for yeah. for months mm, yeah e- even weeks you know and there was something about it it was like holding the holy grail yeah <laughs> i i still i mean i'm i'm old school in that sense so i still go out and buy the physical products if i like it in fact there's a release coming out today that i've been waiting for for a long time and go i'm on. sure you might be aware of it go on metallica's symphony uh, album so snm2 yes Ooh. yes yeah i've been waiting for that for ages and i want to get i'm getting the box set you know i'm not going to just get the cd Fun- or the funnily the DVD. enough <laughs> today on uh twitter jason uh, what is Jason Newstead? Newstead. No, 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 no. The the a- Aquaman. Momoa. Momoa. Oh, okay. Uh, he's a big oh the the real big guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the real big guy. Yeah. Well, I said I'm <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Uh, he, well, he is a big guy. He, I mean, it's he was he was promoting the the box set. Today. Well, Metallica's box set. Yes. Why was he promoting yeah. that? He's not Metallica. He loves Metallica. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. So and he 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 was uh, um, spruiking that if you're a Jason Momoa fan, then you're a Metallica fan. Yeah, I've fan. heard he's a bit of a metalhead, right? <laughs> he he's is. A, yeah, a bit of a. Well, rock he fan was actually on stage with uh, Phil Anselmo and Slayer at their oh, last, wow. last. Well, he's got the, the hair and everything, thing. I guess. You know, yeah, so. so yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I, I'm going to talk to you later then about getting that box set. Well, I was going to. I was hoping to get it today before the show, when I just didn't have time because I had this. Where had can this you m- get it? Everywhere you can buy music, oh, CD. Right. Like I was just going to go to JB Hi-Fi or something and get it. But, um, yeah, I just want to get the box set and get all through all the... Because I went to see it at the cinemas when it was released last year because uh, they released it initially in theatres yeah. and stuff. I think it was like September or something last year, uh, I think. Uh, Cliff Burton's father actually attended that show. Yes, which he sadly passed away since then, like, actually. Yeah, yeah, not long after. But, anyway, um, but he had a good trip. ride. He was in his 90s. He was. So he was. obviously that's uh, sad because obviously Cliff Burton, for those who don't know, was the original bass player for Metallica and died in a bus accident in 1986 in Sweden. And uh, I guess to some extent they never really recovered from it, you know? Uh, did you know? Uh, here's an interesting fact. Um, they, they actually flipped for the top bunk. Arnhem, he, yeah. He and, and Kirk Hammett. Yeah, that's right. So, can you imagine? Uh, all I'm going to put to the people is can you imagine what uh, musical history would have sounded like had it gone other way? Would it be mm. different? That's the. Now, I'm going to. Uh, sorry to cut you off. I just want. Cause I, uh, it's all right. I've, eh? I've got excited about it. So <laughs> <don't know> why. <laughs> I'm going to put it to the people. H- how do you think. Um, yeah, musical history would have turned out had had it gone the other way. Well, I'll ask, I'll put the question to you guys as well. But my initial thoughts is, Cliff Burton, out of those, all those guys in the band, was the most musically diverse. All the stuff that Metallica have done, where they've kind of experimented with their sound and all that, Cliff Burton would have been right up there with them. He was, in mm. fact, he would have been he would have pushed them even further. They might have become a more progressive sort of band, Perhaps, to be honest. Yeah. But what do you think? What do you reckon? Well, Cliff would. have... He probably laid the way for more, I guess, bass gods that came after him, like say maybe John Myong and yeah, yeah, he says name and ooh, what about Alex Webster? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So many bass players have been influenced by his style, you know. Which very um, much. I yeah. mean, I, I think I think his time was tragically um, cut short, and we we never really got to see his full or hear 
his full potential. That, True. That, that's just my, my opinion. Master of Puppets was kind of, I mean, a little bit of his stuff did come through on the Justice album, but most of it was eventually the, the Master of Puppets became his, uh, you know, his gold standard, the one that his legacy, so to speak, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I've had discussions with this with a few people and, People think, oh, you know, if Cliff was still in the band, it'd still be thrash metal and all this kind of stuff. I was like, no, nah, I, I kind of disagree. You have to learn, you have to know the, the, the personalities behind that band. And Cliff was the most open-minded guy in that band. He, in fact, he was the one that pushed them to be more experimental and progressive and all that kind of stuff. And that's, and you can see that with the Justice album. That was the album that would have been what Cliff would have done as well, you know? So, now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but what wasn't um, and Justice an actual baseless album? <laughs> no, bass was on there. It just wasn't mixed in properly, wow. and there are various reasons as to why that uh, was. But um, I, I, yeah. I remember seeing a post the other day of a, a mutual friend of ours, yeah. Chris, and he was oh, like, yeah, so, yeah. So, saying yeah. that it was the the baseless wonder. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, yeah. there is bass on there. It's just you know, yeah. I've heard, I've seen people do remixes of the album and they've add basses in there. Yep. It, it doesn't sound right. Just yeah. doesn't sound right. No. I don't know. There's Maybe because we're so used to it. I don't know. I think there was definitely a lot of unresolved grief that went on oh. when Jason was in the band. Hundred percent. For example, Jason would often sign autographs with his nickname, which was Bass Face, and Lars would rub <laughs> out the B. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was all part of the hazing, but I think the hazing kind of went to a, the extent of like you know, you know, taking him out of the musical creative sort of aspect of the band. That's partly why Jason left the band, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was sort of shut out of the, the creative aspect. But it's always been James and Lars' show, and I think Kirk and Rob know that, and that's why they've always stood back and let them sort of, you know, do it. And I think Jason uh, just couldn't until, accept that. Uh, yeah. I will say up until recently, I think I think that the, the latter two have maybe stepped up a little more. But anyway. Possibly, possibly. But see, the reason why St. Anger wasn't such a – like it didn't have legs to really hold on to is because they were trying to become a unit in that have mm. everyone have equal say. Um, Let's not go into the snare drum, please. Well, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, it's, it's a, that's one of the aspects that just obviously didn't work. But yeah. the fact is, is that James and Lars have to have the steering wheel for that band. It's just mm. some of the, you have a look at some of the greatest bands in the world and it's always like the two guys that really run the show. And Do that's you why it's successful. a power struggle between those two? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. It always is, you know. Always. Um, you have a look at um, like the Beatles, for example. It was always McCartney and Lennon. There was always True. like a headbutting kind of thing between those two. You know, yeah. um, I mean, there's so many bands that you can you could just name that was had the same kind of thing. You know, the two guys that run it. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting dynamic. But I mean, like as a musician yourself, I mean, I mean, you obviously write your stuff yourself. You don't have like yeah. a. It would be nice to write with some other people, but you start, but you ask yourself, hmm, would it? If I hear something, would another person come up with something that makes it better or yeah. would they just spoil it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Because you don't want to spoil the soup. No. Nah. Pardon the pun. Too many, yeah. what was that, too many cooks spoil the broth or yeah, whatever yeah. they're saying? I've yeah. seen things like memes on the internet. For example, Bohemian Rhapsody was just got the one songwriter, which is Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Then you might see a song like Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars, which I think it's got about 11 or maybe 10 to 11 songwriters credited. Oh, wow. I mean, it's a popular hit, but I don't think it's on the level of Bohemian Rhapsody. Did they really need all 10 or 11 people involved? Yeah, I've heard that when exactly. if, you've, if you've got all those songwriters, everyone's trying to compete to get their part on the song just so they can get a share of the royalties. And Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's almost as if the song suffers. Yeah, that's true. 
It, it's it's whatever serves the song the best, yeah. you know. Whatever works for the song is, is how it should be approached, you know. I know that Jeff Bezos from Amazon, he's got this philosophy. If you, I think the rule is if you can't feed your team with two large pizzas, your team's too big. <laughs> That's a good philosophy, <laughs> especially from the Amazon boss. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's. Um, I'm going to go with something a little different because um, we've touched on Steve Vai being a bit of an influence, but were you ever a Satriani fan at all? I saw him at the Astor Theatre in 2014. What do you reckon? Yeah, that was a very good show. It's yep. phenomenal. I, I saw, uh, yeah, I saw, yeah, Satriani actually maybe three years ago. Yeah. At the Astor. At the again, Astor, yeah, yeah. And it was mind-boggling. Yeah, just that, amazing. Just, just the, the guy literally stood there with his high tops on. Yeah. Trademark sunglasses and just blasted the cloudy uh, crowd into oblivion. And that's another guy that hasn't aged a day in thirty years nope. either. Yeah. The only Except thing for the hair, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, he looks like Ray Fiennes in Harry Potter. <laughs> 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 On that note, let's play some Satriani. All right, that was Queens of the Stone Age with uh, "Go with the Flow." And um, right before that, can you remind me what the song was before that? I've just completely forgotten now. Uh, right before we had Queens of the Stone was, Age. was uh, SMF oh, by the, the mighty Joe Satriani. That's right, the real bluesy number, which I uh, absolutely love. Um, well, it's been fantastic having you here, Chris Martin. Um, no problems. Yeah, it's been yeah, a great... Thank you very a, much. Yeah. Um, before we go, I just want to quickly say... Um, that uh, we want to do this on, on this day kind of thing. I and mean, there wasn't much happening on this day, uh, apparently, um, in history, except for a notable birthday for Jack Black, uh, one half of comedy duo Tenacious D. He was born in 1969. Wow. Yeah, so there you go. Um, nothing else that was really notable that I could see. I thought there was a John a Bob Dylan birthday, but apparently did the anniversary is a, a gig that he played uh, in 1965. That was the anniversary for that. So Hugh Cornwell from the Stranglers. I like some of their songs, especially from the eighties. Oh, there you go. He was born in nineteen forty nine. Yeah, and a couple of months ago, we lost their keyboard player to COVID nineteen. Tragic loss. He was a Dave Greenfield. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. a great keyboard player. We've lost quite a few people this year, not yeah. just because of COVID, but just you know, it was their time. You know, uh, who was the Fleetwood Mac guy um, that passed? Peter Green. Peter Green. Yeah, he just passed away just recently. Yeah. Um and a sad one was more on the metal side. Ryan Ryan Giles, no 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 uh, Riley Gale. Riley Gale, sorry from a band called uh, Power Trip. Power Trip. They were out of Texas, people. Um, for any of you um looking for an old school thrash metal band, sort of a crossover yeah, band, crossover, almost. yeah, yeah a crossover thrash. Sad. He was only thirty four years Sadly old. Sadly well. pa- passed away in his sleep, apparently. Yeah. So I heard. So um, big respect to him and his family at this most difficult time. And the band, of course. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so uh, now, uh, Chris, is a good time to um, touch on anything else we need to promote for you. Um, Now, Spectrum Fusion, tell us a bit more about what that is. Well, I believe officially it was founded in 2017 in Houston, Texas. But I believe its roots go a little back further than that because the founder, Heidi... She, li- she lived in Perth for a while. I mean, I actually met her when she was living here in 2015. Okay. I'd often go over to her house and we'd talk about things. Yeah. Yeah, she's lived in uh, new many cities, actually. Okay. This is often due to her husband's job. She's from a tiny town in Wisconsin called Cedarburg. She's also lived in Houston, which is where she is now, Dallas, 
Austin, Raleigh, Chicago, and that's just in the United States. She's also lived in London, Edinburgh, Lagos, Brisbane, and Perth. Perth. But the sad thing is she kept seeing the same problems everywhere she went. So what is the spectrum fusion? What what does it do? She wants to eliminate the financial barriers for people that have autism that stop them from progressing with life, stop them from meeting people, Mm. you know, leading the lives that they're supposed to be leading. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very important because, uh, as we mentioned before, I think there's a bit of a stigma, I guess, that people think they know what autism is and it's not really the case, isn't it? Yeah, I often find people just won't ask what it is mm. because I don't know if there's some sort of... I think there's a lot of unconscious bias when it comes to these things. Yeah, I don't know where the unconscious bias comes from, but I think in... Mm, I've got this theory that people see things like superhero movies... And often with superhero movies, they keep hearing about things like performance enhancers and evolution, yeah. which is supposed to help with things like genetic disease. Yeah. Like, I remember The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Norman Osborn is suffering from a genetic disease, and he tells Harry, gives his life works to Harry so he can prevent the genetic disease from taking over. So clearly, in a lot of science fiction and superhero movies, a common plot device is scientific breakthroughs to reverse disability okay which so to switch to cut a long story short tells you that any form of disability is a bad thing yeah yeah that's true but i mean i guess it's it's how you deal with it and what you can do with it as well and not let right. it like you know steve obviously because you uh you have uh you know i'll well, tell everyone what you have for, for well, those that don't know yeah, i have um cerebral palsy i was born with it um yeah um and uh, i don't let it Stop me from from doing anything. Uh, Andrew can attest. He has seen me in the mosh pit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. So never let it stop you. You know, you can do. Right. You, might, you might have to do things a little differently, but uh, you can I still do. do the same things that everyone else can do. That's you know? right. Yeah. So For where sure. can people find more information about Spectrum Fusion? Okay, then? there is a website called www.spectrumfusion.org. Okay. Or you can email Heidi. Her email is Heidi at spectrumfusion.org. Okay, there you go. So you can find all the information there. And also, where can people find your music as well? Okay, now, this is a bit complicated. The website address would be www.sturm4.bandcamp.com. Okay, and you're also on all the social medias as well? I'm on some of them. I've got an Instagram page where I post clips of me playing guitar. Okay. And that's uh, like Sturm, like something Instagram? It's uh, www.instagram.com forward slash Sturm the Guitarist. Okay, cool. Excellent. Well, uh, thanks again, Chris, for being in in the show today. You're actually our our very first guest as part of our drive time show this afternoon. So um, I'm number one. There you go. Um, Well, hopefully we'll get to see you uh, when the things open up again. We'll get to see you at a live show at some stage. Yeah, and hopefully one day we can get Heidi back to Perth. Yeah, hopefully. All right. Well, uh, thanks again, and um, we'll continue on with the show a little bit after these songs. But uh, thanks again, Chris. It's been an absolutely fun uh, afternoon so far today. We'll Absolutely. be back in uh, after a couple of songs. Uh, I think we're going to play, uh, what do you reckon, Pearl Jam or Smashing Pumpkins? Go what do you Pearl reckon? Jam. Pearl Jam? All right, cool. Yeah. This is a classic.
There's a bit of Caius there for you, a song yes. called uh, Green Machine. You're obviously familiar with them. Uh, well, I'm not afraid to admit to people, I was uh, air guitaring all over the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love that riff, man. Um, for those who don't know the backstory behind Caius, uh, they were the original band before uh, Queens of the Stone Age came out. Yes. So Josh Holm, uh, the singer for Queens of the Stone Age, um, was in the band Caius as a guitar yep. player. And John Garcia, the legendary vocalist, was the singer at the time. And then they kind of split their own ways. And John Garcia ended up doing uh, a few little side projects before he went solo. Uh, and then Josh obviously went on to do Queens of the Stone Age. And many other little bits and pieces. Oh, yeah, he's done some a few other little side things as well. But he's obviously most known for um, Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. I actually wanted to uh, throw that one out to our good friend, Rusty. From the Rusty and Dusty show. Oh, yes. He was telling me, I saw him earlier today, actually. He was telling me that he's been enjoying our show because I'm sure he's listening now as well. I hope so. Hello, Rusty. Hello, Rusty. <laughs> if you're listening, buddy, that one was for you. You can catch their show during the week as well in the afternoon uh, uh, between, uh, oh, was it Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday? I think they're on, or maybe yep. Tuesday and Thursday. Um, but yeah, he was saying he was discovering some bands that we've been um, playing on there because it's, Excellent. you know, some of the stuff that we throw in there is a bit more. Um, well, we've at least reached one person. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes. That's right. That's all it takes. Uh, that was fantastic, by the way, speaking to uh, Chris Martin in the studio. That was our first guest, if you didn't. Uh, I think we've done some stuff with other people in the studio, like with Tristan and, um, and Rusty and Dusty and stuff, but we never had our own personal guest. Our, so. our own guest. So Chris was our very first. Definitely. And, and I, and definitely not our last. No, no, we definitely want to do more, and we will have more guests uh, as we go along as well. But I just do want to put out a reminder: uh, check out um, uh, what was the name of the uh, thing again? Sp- is, uh, Spectrum Fusion. Spectrum Fusion. Spe- check them out, and also his band Sturm S T U R M. You can check that out all on the digital platforms and on social media as well. Um, yeah, so. Uh, we did have a sort of a precursor idea kind of thing for today's show, um, and we kind of threw it out the window when we were having you know, such a good time with Chris. But uh, I did want to quickly mention that there's a, not on top of Metallica's release that's out today, it's either today or tomorrow, there's a special movie coming out we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks that I've been gunning to go see. Bill and Ted's. Bill and Ted's, the third Woo-hoo. one. Yeah. Woo-hoo. You going to go see it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's uh, and I'm sure you can back me up on this one, that's part of our childhood. It so. is. That's why we kind of keep bringing it up every yeah. every show. Every sorry. show. <laughs> I'm actually waiting for it to be released. We're, we're actually paid sponsors for the Bill and Ted series, actually. Yeah. Come on, right. Keanu, cop up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what, well, but Keanu Reeves, I'm a big fan. Like, I've... Most of the movies that he goes into, I generally am a fan of. Yeah, um, oh, definitely. Obviously, people know him from The Matrix and Speed, um, but I liked a movie he did uh, years ago with Morgan Freeman called Chainsaw Re- uh, not, uh, Chain Reaction. It was called. Okay, you remember? It was a basically it was a movie about a couple of scientists who were developing this, uh, I guess, a, a sort of energy source, so to speak, with like maybe it was hydrogen or something, and then it obviously turned haywire and things happened and people tried to steal it for their own, you know, good. But. Um, I don't know. It was just a uh, one of those movies that just kind of drew you in as it went on, you know. So um, in other words, it stuck with you, no? Yeah, definitely. And I've just seen it numerous times over the years, you know. Yeah. And also the fact that Morgan Freeman's in it. He's another guy who every time he's in the movie, he's just he just makes it so much better, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just that voice. I mean, like the, the voice the, of the God. Voice, the voice of God. The voice of God. <laughs> 
He does a lot of um, space uh, sort of universe type documentaries. He does a lot of voiceover work for that mm. as well. Because his voice is just, it's him and James Earl Jones that just got that voice. You well, know. that and uh, David Attenborough. David Attenborough, yeah, but more on the, he, he's got a higher voice. He has. Morgan Freeman and James Earl Jones got a low, you know, deep, low, low, low voice, which is really good for radio as well, by the way. <laughs> apparently, apparently, I've been told maybe, I have. Maybe we need to practice. <laughs> well, I, I'll speak for yourself, but I've been told I have a, a half decent radio you do. voice. I, apparently, I, I don't know. That came from my father last week. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, your dad's uh, been listening to the show. He has. Hello, he Mr. Monaghan. Monaghan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep, What's his first name? Gary. Gary. Gary Monaghan. Shout out to uh, Gary Monaghan. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. That's Pop. And uh, yeah, he was saying, Andrew, he's got it nailed. So oh, cool. Oh, well, I appreciate that. So at least I'm trying. Go. I'm doing the right thing then. You are. You are. <laughs> <laughs> we know we got to give you the steering wheel at some point as well. I'll let you run the show so I can sort of sit back and yeah, kick back and, <laughs> and watch it all, you know, crash and burn. So. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm glad you trust me so much. <laughs> no, but honestly, I genuinely, like seriously, we do have to let you uh, run the show. And Let's I don't know do if it. you want to because yeah. we've done many things together over the years with the Rock Pit and it's always been sort of I just sort of like run it and you kind of just, I don't want to say tag along, but you know what I mean? Like you just kind of, that's the way with a lot of things. Like if you do a, any kind of a duo team or whatever, there's always one person in the team that kind of has to run them with the ball. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't really want to do that. It's just I'm just kind of just kicked into the position. I'm like, I'm happy for you to take over and just well, run the show. Let's just see, people. Let's just see. And no, it's not going to crash and burn. <laughs> I can not imagine though the playlist would be just nothing but clutch Kais and you know all kinds of stuff. Oh look, it'd be a, it'd be a mixed bag. I'm not gonna lie, but I'm not. I'm also not out to terrify you, people. <laughs> yeah, a lot of heavier stuff on there. Um, uh, I do want to, I think uh, Chris had brought it up and I had no idea what you guys were talking about, but what is the deal with your shirt? What is that? What is that? Yeah. Uh, it is a... Um, it's like a basketball shirt, but I don't recognise well, the name. It, well, it's uh, actually um, in celebration of uh, the hip-hop icon, otherwise known as Biggie Smalls. Oh, okay. All On right. On the back, it's got uh, Biggie Smalls' date of birth and, and he actually got his own basketball jersey oh. uh, because he's from New York and so it's a New York Nets uh, official, uh, well, tribute jersey. Oh, okay. So that's what that is. And f- for those uh, unaware, it's it's quite bright. It's yellow. So I do, I, do, uh, <laughs> I do stand out like the proverbial sore thumb today. But, hey, you know, I'm here to rock it. Why not? Yeah, I'm well, having what, a bit of fun with it. Exactly, that's that's all what it's about. But um, where, where did you where did you get that shirt from though? I it looks it, custom made or something. I got it from uh, Culture Kings, up in the city. They sell a lot of the hip hop gear. Oh, okay. Uh, it was a limited run, and so I jumped on their website and uh, ordered myself one because um, uh, along with heavy metal, I'm also into my hip hop, old oh. school. Mainly, two packs, right, etc. Let's talk a little bit about hip hop because I'm I'm not necessarily a big fan of it. I know I don't follow the genre because I'm always more of a, a rock and metal fan myself. But sure. um, I will say that I was a fan of NWA back in the day. Now you're talking. Now, now th- this is talking. this might go over a little few people's heads, maybe possibly, but the, I I believe they were kind of pioneers in a way. Um, in they the late, eight, late I guess late eighties, early nineties is kind of when they hit their peak. Hit the peak, yeah, sure. And they were doing a lot sure. of this, uh, at the time, was new. I guess gangster rap wasn't really a thing until they came around. And Public Enemy and all that Public stuff was, Enemy. were well, doing it as well. well but they, they were the, the forefathers. NWA kind of um, just it. put their own, their own spin on it, oh, though. And they brought it to the, uh, the uh, public's attention, I guess. Well, uh, the thing is, that, uh, the, the, the thing that I liked about them 
there was an ag- and it's what draws me to to metal music as well is mm. that it, there's an aggressiveness to that do you know what i mean um right. because there's a lot of people that have this thing with metal music it's like oh, all all the people that listen to metal is all these uh, angry kids and stuff like that and we're not angry angry people well okay. yeah well some are but not all of us not but all I mean, of us <laughs> speak for it, yourself <laughs> but it's it's a good you know, it's 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 sort of like exercise in a way for your mind in that it, it relieves a lot of tension Definitely. and it, rather than getting your aggressiveness out and affecting other people you get the aggressive aggressiveness out or your anger whatever well, it is you're going through through the music well and I, I always say that my go-to is um the first um, slipknot record i pop that on and uh the world's troubles seem to melt away from me <laughs> yeah slipknot's a whole bag of its own i guess but yeah. um but anyway but back on the hip-hop thing yeah, you you were saying about uh, yeah. It just I just felt it was a, a a good cathartic sort of way to it's just in a different sort of genre. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, and w- weirdly enough, I discovered NWA before I even got into metal. That was that's the really funny thing about it, you mm. know. So I th- there was that aggressiveness that I liked about it that I hadn't quite tapped into on the metal side because at the time I wasn't a metal fan. I was more into hard rock and that t- sort of stuff. You know, yeah. all of the eighty stuff. So, but for me um, and my poor mum, bless her. <laughs> in, in, in one uh, one half of the house, she had gangster rap going with Tupac from my brother, <laughs> and in my my quarter, it was Nirvana and uh, Metallica and everything else that was heavy. So uh, props to you, mum. Yeah, so it was a, it was a real mixed bag in my house, and that was my introduction to hip hop. So there you go. And you, but you followed you followed through with it though, unlike me, where I kind of just after that. Yeah. Sort of uh, playing around with it, I kind of never followed on with it, you know. So exactly all the other, I mean, the only other hip hop artist that I ever listened to maybe was MC Hammer, maybe you know. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go to admitting that even, in public, even, but even anyway, vanilla, even Vanilla Ice. Remember Vanilla Ice? Oh, uh, do I? I had it for the live tape. <laughs> uh, probably I've just shot on my street cred right there, but uh, <laughs> I uh, I did have his live tape. Yeah, <laughs> back in the day. He was also part of the um, the Ninja Turtles movie, he was. or the or, or one of the video clips. I don't he know if he was. was in the movie itself, but he was in the no, video. No, he clip. was. He was. was in, he? Yeah, he was in the second one. I be, um, yeah. Apparently, he yeah. tried to do a lot of. Uh, he tried to do a lot of the sort of, I guess, Limp Biscuit type stuff in his later years. Like recent, more recent times, he's kind of more into the rock kind of thing, mm. less less hip hop. I don't know. Have yeah. you heard anything from him at all recently? Or oh, ironically. Um, for those playing along at home, uh, there's a a record label called Death Row. Okay. And uh, is that what he's on now? Is no, he? No, no. Th- this was back back when. when oh, when he was like doing the Ice Ice Baby thing. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, is, correct me if I'm wrong. That song Ice Ice Baby that's lifted from another song, right? Yes, I can't cannot. Re- Rem, uh, remember for the life of me, like it wasn't Queen or anything like that, was it? No, it was someone mm. else. But whatever it was, but that 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 melody or the riff or whatever it is, that's yeah, like I've heard lifted. that somewhere before. It's lifted. Yeah, yeah, I thought definitely. So. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, um, apparently he was entangled in that, and w- they wanted money because he had used part of their music or something. I can't remember uh, okay. the specifics, but it yeah. were, it was quite murky. <laughs> yeah, right. Believe it or not. Yeah, I mean, he had his time, and I guess he's just trying to, you know... Um, well, now, now he's a real estate uh, guy. Oh, really? And he flips houses. Oh, wow. I guess there's more money in that than music, I well, suppose. Hey. These days, you know. He's got his f- <laughs> fingers in many pies, no? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, it's just uh, if your music thing is not happening, um, you know, you're know, going to make money somehow. Yeah. So, Why damn. Not? 
All right, cool. All right. Uh, I'm going to play something a bit more upbeat. Um, and again, this is going to be throwing some people's uh, musical sort of, uh, um, I don't know, musical uh, uh, knowledge out the window a little bit. But, I mean, the band Presidents of the United States of America is kind of well known to some people mm-hmm. for one particular album. Uh, which was what was the name of that album, by the way? The, you know, the, the, the I think it was just self-titled. Self-titled was it? Yeah, Pretty I thought sure. so. Um, but in my opinion, they did so much better stuff afterwards. Cool. And uh, this is one of the songs, and it's actually uh, a really invigorating song to wake up to. Uh, and you'll see why when you listen when you listen to it initially, you go, it just just wants to make you just get all in the right mood when you wake up in the morning. Cup of coffee with this song would do very well. This is uh, some postman. Bit of Metallica there, and we've had, uh, I guess, a bit of a theme today as far as mentioning Metallica a little bit. Uh, just got to the, the new Symphony album that's out today, officially. Um, I'm, trying, I'm going to try and uh, grab it tomorrow uh, when I get a spare time. But, um, yeah, no, it's a, a good classic uh, track there from uh, an old Bob Seger song called Turn the Page. And, um, yeah, I was just saying off the air that I remember, uh, I think it was one of the bigger radio stations had played it years and years ago and because um, it originally came out in 98 when Metallica did their version. And um, radio played it and the guy came back and he goes, you know what, I prefer the Bob Seger version. And I was like, nah, well, I guess it's his opinion, you know. It's purely so, subjective. Yeah, of course it is, you know. But I've heard the Bob Seger version then. I guess Metallica just somehow just made it Metallica, you know, with that sort of, you know, yeah and all that stuff. You, you know? can't mistake it. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> well, it'd just be funny if Bob Seger was doing it in the style of James Hetfield, though, you know. So Yeah, nah. Not, <laughs> not going to happen. Not on our watch. Nah, no one does. You know what? There's a band called, uh, uh, I think it's Avenged Sevenfold. Apparently they're supposed to sound like Metallica, but I, I don't hear it. I don't either. I've never got that reference, to be honest. No, I wish we could play a track from them. I don't think we have any of their stuff, but um, yeah, I just I didn't hear it. It's nah. like the, the and even um the other one, Trivium, they've been labelled as a Metallica type band and, as well. And Bullet for My Valentine. That oh, really? Really? A little bit. Apparently. Oh wow. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you were also saying earlier. Um. We were talking before we came to the show about um. How did, how did the post office, how did that subject come up? What were we talking oh, about? I don't know. We come up with some weird stuff, yeah, I know. don't we? <laughs> you were trying to send something? and I uh, was, yeah. Oh, and there's uh, lots of delays with everything that's going on in this crazy world. Oh, the Father's Day thing. Yeah, you were Father's sending Day. a card to you. Send, yeah. Sending a, 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 well, just a card. And you had, apparently there's a cutoff point or something to get yeah. it out in time. Uh, just be aware, people, there's a, there's a cutoff. Um, I believe it's up till Monday. Don't quote me. Um, yeah, especially if you want to get get it there, uh, get it interstate. Yeah, I must make that clear: interstate on time, um, because of everything that's going on. Yeah, uh, around, yeah. The, around the place. Um, yeah, I'd suggest you uh, move if you haven't. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I was trying to figure out though. My, I guess my complaint on that was why was the postal service has been affected by COVID? Is it because of limited staff? Well, because I don't see how the virus could affect. Well, it. apparently, what I heard was that uh, because of the influx of online uh, shopping, which is delaying it everything, work, yeah. de- it's holding everything else up. I mean, I can understand if you're flying stuff in, you know, by mail, like uh, overseas or interstate. Mm. I mean, obviously, flights are obviously infrequent, like they, um, unlike what they used to be. Mm. Um, so that I can understand, but I don't understand what the delay is beyond that. So I guess if there's yeah. a demand for it, then obviously there's a shortage of staff. Exactly, so. they can only process so much. I yeah. guess I, I don't know how it works. To be honest with you. 
Have you been doing a lot of online shopping during this COVID stuff? Or I'll be honest, actually, I have. Yeah? What kind of stuff have you been oh, buying? Clothes. <laughs> clothes? Clothes. You go to Kmart and buy clothes. Oh, I know, I know. It's not as much fun. <laughs> but it's kind of dangerous, too. In what way? Oh, well, you know, you see something you like, and you're like, ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're, a, you're an impulsive shopper then. I am a little. A little. A little I've been at... <laughs> Been accused of worse things, but you yes. get you go in there to buy like something from the coal shopping center, and you come out with like three bags of like stuff that you you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those. You're one of those guys. I'm one of those dudes. <laughs> I, I, go, I go in for a chocolate bar and come out with three <laughs> things. <laughs> um, I haven't done the only online shopping I did during the COVID thing was I was buying these um uh, hot sauce. Oh, yeah. Um, there's this place in Melbourne that ships it over from uh, the US and a few other places, and um. And I discovered them online somewhere because uh, I was trying to find them here in Perth. I just couldn't find any outside of the ones that you can you can buy at Woolworths and, and Coles. Yeah. And uh, I've already got all of them and they're fine, but I wanted more and I wanted hotter and you know, all yeah, that stuff. All that. So I found a place online in Melbourne that that does it. And uh, yeah, it, it took a while. It took maybe almost a month to get to my place. Holy dooly. Yeah. Was it worth the wait? Oh, it was, yeah. I've still got them actually because I haven't used them all up. I ended up buying four. And I got um because I'm yeah well I think we've talked about this before my big um, hot hot uh, peppers type um, person I put it on everything yeah so, so if you want to promote any of your hot sauce <laughs> get it send, on here send it to Andrew okay um I got uh, what was it I got a ghost peppers a blueberry ghost peppers one I got a uh, uh, the one with habanero sauce um, there was one with a smoky onion which is from Vermont. Wow. And I got uh, some, uh, there's this one from Texas. Um, I forget the name of it now. And that was, uh, it was actually much milder than I was um, hoping, actually. Really? It was a bit of a surprise. The ghost pepper one was actually quite, the blueberry one was quite spicy. Wow. Uh, but it was very liquidy. It just kind of just poured out. Oh. So, and uh, yeah, the blueberry is an interesting mix in mm. there with the hot sauce. But I can see how, how it would Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, but my problem is I just put on it. I put it on literally everything. So <laughs> like <laughs> his toast included. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the morning stuff, but certainly for lunch and dinner, I'm just you know putting everything on there. Well, you were saying the other day you were fiending for uh, Indian. Yeah, 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 which I need to jump back into. I might get something tomorrow, maybe. I don't know. Sounds good. Food, yeah, because I'm going to go out to uh, Hornography tomorrow night. Nice. Uh, down at Lucy's Love Shack. Uh, for those who don't know what Hornography is, it's uh, basically a monthly metal club where like-minded metal and rock fans come together. Enthusiasts. And mm -hmm. Yeah, rock and metal enthusiasts, uh, you, you could say, I suppose. Um, and they all get together. And it's, it's yeah, there's bands playing, but it's less about the performing bands and more about the the hanging out and the community of the, yeah. the people that's, you know, in, and then everyone's just, you know, the nicest people in the world and you all make new friends and, and see, catch up with old friends and all that stuff. And, yeah. and, they, you, can, and you can buy merch. You can buy merch. They got karaoke there, raffle draws. They got everything. Even if you're not even a metal fan, just come down and hang out. It's a great hang place out. to hang and, out. And they do pizza and beer, I Well, this, at this particular venue, Lucy's Love Shake, uh, I've been there a few times. I've organised gigs there. Um, yeah. Pizza and beer, you can't really go wrong with that no, combination, really. No. So, uh, yeah, tomorrow night. It's a staple, staple diet, isn't it? It is a staple diet, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah, 6 p.m. at Lucy's Love Shack in the city. It's just off Pier Street in in, uh, in the heart of the city. 
Uh, there's a great band that everyone must see. It's a band called Eruption. They're a covers band, and they do all these sort of. Uh, I saw them a few weeks ago, and we just. I think I mentioned it before. They just, I just got blown away by how good they were. They just nailed it. They were playing Alice Cooper and Kiss and Ozzy Osbourne and all these like real classic sort of rock songs, and just they were they were just nailing it. Absolutely phenomenal. I was a little surprised to see them on Honography because Honography is traditionally more metal oriented. Um, but the good thing about metal fans, and I'm sure that you can sort of corroborate with this or, or, or agree that metal fans are not just into metal. A lot of them are into the hard rock. It's kind of their roots, really. Yeah, look, I'm into all sorts of things as as it's been, you know, sort of put, put over the airwaves many times. Um, yeah, I'm into all sorts of stuff. I mean, I would even go as far as to say I love classical too. <laughs> yeah, I love classical music. Uh, Bach and Beethoven. Yep. Uh, I like... Uh, Chopin. What's that one? Never heard of that yeah, one. Yeah, Chopin. From, from uh, Beethoven? Oh. What is it? He was a composer. Maybe. Oh, a composer. <laughs> no, 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 the name never... Uh, you know, I have to admit, oh, I think geez. someone... I'm going to have to give him a 101 here. <laughs> <laughs> actually, some of the names, I have to admit, came out actually from um, uh, the Bill and Ted movie, the first uh, one, huh. when they were doing the... Uh, uh, the class, uh, what was it, the exam or something, when they had to showcase uh, the history and stuff the like history, that? Yeah, and they had yeah. all these people. And they had Beethoven there. Of course. That's where I discovered Beethoven. There you go. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. <laughs> well, <laughs> if that's not obscure, I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, you know, as I said, like metal fans are traditionally also rock fans because um, people don't generally just jump into heavy metal. Uh, they nah. kind of start from a, a place somewhere. Because, like, the first time you hear it, you just go, well, what is this? You know, it's it's just, you know, whatever, noise, whatever. And mm. But then you kind of have the evolution of where you, you know, you, you have a starting point, you know. So um, I think we've all had starting points. Exactly. In and our musical journey. Mentioned it so many times. And um, speaking of journeys and starting points, uh, you obviously know the band Green Day. Um, we have played a song from them before in the past and we don't normally do a lot of pop punk type stuff but Green Day were one of the few bands that I firmly believe kind of were were at the time I don't believe they're doing anything special now Um, that's obviously my opinion not just a subjective kind of thing but back in the day in the 90s they were doing some great stuff and uh, but before they hit it big they actually released two albums one was called 39 Smooth and another one was called Kaplunk Kaplunk was the one right before uh, Dookie which was was the one that got him uh, famous. Stardom. Yes. And uh, actually on the Dookie album, there's a song called Welcome to Paradise, which was originally released on the Kaplunk album. Oh. Believe it or not. Yeah. Wasn't released as a single at the time though. There you go. But uh, Kaplunk, in my opinion, is a very underrated album. And uh, we're going to play a song from that album and you will see the real roots of where Green Day came from. And this is where their journey begins. This is a song that I I used to play a lot uh, when I was younger called Christy Road. For the community, Inspire Radio. That was uh, Blues Pills, uh, a Swedish retro rocker band. uh, And they just released a new album called Holy Moly, which is out today. uh, Among many albums that are coming out today, actually. Um, And that song, uh, Kiss My Past Goodbye, is uh, one of the singles that they released. And uh, I'm a huge fan of that band because that singer, Ellen Larson has one of the most powerful voices that I've ever seen uh, coming from someone who's such a tiny person as yeah, well. Yeah, I think you were saying on a previous show that she's only a little tiny she lady. But, man, she's got a, a real voice, a real strong voice that's like an Aretha Franklin meets Janis Joplin type thing, you know? Pack a real punch, huh? Yeah, definitely. I saw, I've spoken to her on the phone a couple of years ago and uh, spoken to the guitarist as well. Um, nice guys. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, they actually delayed the album because of the COVID, actually. It was supposed oh. to come out earlier in the year. Right. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, before that, we had uh, some Stone Temple Pilots uh, with Vaseline and uh, Green Day with Christy Road. Uh, that's the one that I think a lot of Green, Green Day fans might not be aware of. Because uh, yeah. I think it seems like uh, a lot of people would just sort of start with Dookie and... Or not even that. Maybe even like American Idiot or something might well, be the starting point. I mean, point. Uh, I'll be honest. My stepbrother was the one to hand me a copy of uh, Dookie. And I thought that that was the starting point. Yeah. For, for Green Day. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was a starting point in terms of like the the mainstream success and they were signed onto a major label and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, they had a couple of albums and an EP that were out before that. So they've actually yeah. been around since the eighties, believe it or not. Wow. They're not, a, not I mean, they're obviously they're a nineties and two thousands band, but, uh, their initial start was 86, 85, something like that, I think. So, it shows, it goes, it shows, it goes to show that bands do the hard yards for a number of years before they hit the big time, you know? Yeah. I've, it always goes back to, what I always say to people, the big bands always had to start somewhere. Exactly, exactly. So that's why we play a lot of local stuff, which we are going to play uh, if we get some time. We're running, we're only got but less than twenty minutes left, actually. Uh, Where we, did that go? Yeah, I know. It's been, it's been. It's, it always goes by quick when you're having fun, you know. All right. Um, do you have any tattoos? I do actually. What yeah. tattoos do you have? Um, well, I've seen that one on your forearm there, which is. Uh, uh, yeah, that's um for my son. Yeah, and um, for those at home, it's actually some lyrics from one of my favorite bands, um, which is Suicide Silence. Oh, okay, um, cool. it's super heavy. Yeah, um, but the lyric, the lyric is actually beautiful. It's, it says, "To the the heart that pumps with my blood, I am your shield." Okay, and then it's got my son's name mm-hmm. and his date of birth, cool. and then um, I've got um, my first tattoo, which was uh, "Fortune favors the brave." Where is uh, that from? On my forearm, and that's actually 12th century Roman poetry. Oh, okay. And that's just my life mantra that I live by. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, given the trials and tribulations of life, um, yeah. I thought it was rather fitting. So I, I got that done uh, probably, uh, what, 2008? Oh, okay, so yeah, a while ago. So yeah. a while ago. Yeah, cool. And uh, yeah, I, I love them both. They both hold meaning, so it's it's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, I think that's it. It's, it's I think it's uh, obviously it's a it's a big thing these days with tattoos and, and things like that and piercings and um, body um, whatever you call it, um, you know, body modification, modifications and surgeries and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, I'm just looking at this. Some of the weird news is popping up today. Um, there's this guy who has he's apparently he's a tattoo addict. Well, obviously, <laughs> he spent six thousand uh, or pounds. This is in the UK, six thousand pounds to have his ears removed so that his head looks like a skull. Right. Uh, and and ge- y- you would do that? Why? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I do need to ask. Apparently, he's known as Mr. Skullface on social media. So if you want to look him up on Facebook or Twitter or something, uh, Mr. Skullface is his name. Uh, and it says his appearance boosts his confidence, uh, but it has been criticised as being obviously a bit, you know, weird and stuff. Well, but it's, he it's now keeps his earlobes in a jar. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, I've got, now I've heard everything. Uh, I've got tattoos, but I wouldn't go that far as far as, you oh. know, body modifications or, you know. Well, I hope not. Um, <laughs> it could be a, a, uh, an addition for, uh, what, your Halloween uh, get-together? Oh, no. yeah, well, you know, <laughs> maybe we can do something like that, but not permanently. Though. No, <laughs> ma- ma- maybe we'll just duct, duct, duct tape your ears or something. <laughs> um, 
I can understand if you need it for medical reasons or something, but, it, you know, that's just, uh, well, you know, to each of their own, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Look, it, it obviously did something for him, and uh, yeah. good luck to him. Yeah, exactly. You know, I saw, I think there's this guy, uh, I don't know where I saw it now, and there's this guy, this guy's got the longest hair in the world, and it basically was just one big, huge dreadlock, essentially. Really? And uh, I don't know how long ago, uh, long it was now, but it was really long, and he says he uh, apparently does it, does it because he's a, he's afraid if he cut it he will uh, he will die. So he's an old man. He's a, I think he's somewhere in Asia. He's an old guy, and he just has a superstitious belief that if he cuts his hair, it's going to uh, affect his well being of of some sorts. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, but you just see the length of this thing. It was like he just went from we had to like roll it up and put it into like a hat to just to walk around because it's huge, massive. Wow. Well, I know from um, a religious. Not that I want to get into religion, but mm. I don't know from a religious point of view, the Sikhs um, out there. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that they yeah. have their hair uh, tied up. Yeah, um, yeah. And that that's to take them to the afterlife afterwards. Yeah, Appa- yeah. Apparently, this is what I'm told. So. Yeah, but that that's their uh, their custom and exactly. stuff. But this guy exactly. was doing it just because he just believed that um it, somehow if he cut it, it was going to end his life. So oh, wow. I mean, okay. yeah, I don't know if that was because of some kind of belief system that he had. It didn't look like it. it just seemed like it was um just something that he was doing, you know. Sure. Um, I was looking on here as well the Guinness Book of World Records for the world's tallest mohawk. Speaking of hair, wow. uh, this guy it doesn't actually say how tall it is, but um. When I was first informed that I'd become a Guinness World Guinness World Records title holder, I was over the top. His wife Laura insists she finds his hair very sexy. <laughs> um, okay. It says the world's tallest mohawk, but it doesn't give any information beyond that. Oh, that's I'd like handy. to see how yeah, I'd like to see how big it is. Yeah. Those are, they, it takes a lot of work to get mohawks because it's like you know it's it basically basically they have long hair. But they somehow put it up with like uh, you know whatever you call it the well that that kind of reminds me of the late great uh, Wayne Static. Uh, oh I, yeah, I know that goes over people's heads right now. Probably Static X. Static X was a was a industrial well death disco band going. Yeah, back. He called it evil disco. Evil I disco. Yeah. But anyway, people, it's not for everybody. I do understand that. But if you go and look up the uh, late great uh, lead singer Wayne Static. He had some serious hair going on, people. He did, yeah. I'll tell you what, he would have done an endorsement for, like, hairspray or something. I don't know, <laughs> hair gel. I don't know. Have how, you ever seen him without the hair up? No. No pictures I've of him at all? I've never seen him without the hair up. Wow. Because like, I mean, for, for those who don't know, his hair is really long, but it's got it's it's basically a mohawk essentially. It, it's basically standing up, standing like, up, like, yeah, like yeah. he's like, like he's been well, literally electric. It's crazy how he got his hair that high up. Like it's it just nuts. massive. That, like, that's why I'm saying he should have had, had an endorsement <laughs> by some hair gel. Company and he would or rock something. out. But I've never seen him or any. I've never seen any photos I've of him. Never with, ever without that hair. That would be like rare as hen's teeth. It'd have I'm to take sure it down because there's no way he could go to bed like that. <laughs> well, no imagine. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just crazy. I want to love you, but your hair's too long. <laughs> <laughs> Although he wouldn't have to worry about his hair getting in his face, I guess. It's already just sort of up there, you know. True. That. <laughs> that's the problem with having long hair. But is how, do you, how would you lie down with that? I mean... Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, it it's is. yeah, no, it's it anyway. takes a lot of. What do they put in there? Like hairspray or something like that to keep oh, that up? Whatever be. it is, <laughs> must be industrial. <laughs> Hence, industrial metal. Exactly. He unfortunately passed away a few years ago, um, yeah, and they just released a, or the remaining members released a, I guess, a sort of a tribute to him. Uh, sort of like some old 
riffs and stuff that was lying around before he passed away, and they kind of put it all together and um, created a, a bunch of songs for an album. He did a fantastic job. It's, well, it's, if it's, I might it, say, it's a, it's a great. And in fact, if you if you're not a Static X fan, this is actually could be used as a gateway to the band because mm-hmm. it has all the elements of what they did, all mm-hmm. the great, at least in my opinion, all the best aspects of what Absolutely. that band did. Going right back to the the beginning, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Awesome stuff. Right. Um, yeah, it's well. I think that's it for us because like we're basically ten minutes short of six o'clock. So yeah. uh, it's been a really speedy uh, show today. It's been excellent. I've really enjoyed this one. Yeah. Well, I think uh, having a guest like Chris Martin really helped as well, and I think we need to start looking at having more guests on for sure. I think so. so. Uh, anyone that's listening that is a muso or even anyone who has an interesting story to share or anything to promote or whatever, uh, feel free to reach out to Inspire Radio and uh, maybe we can get you onto the show. If not our show, then one of the other shows that's on there because there's a lot of different stuff that's uh, at Inspire Radio at the moment mm-hmm. uh, whether it's sports related mental health or um, I don't know any, it's just there's a lot of different there's stuff going on stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure if you've got something we'll find you absolutely um, yeah so I think that we'll leave it at that and we're going to play um, I think we'll we'll leave it with uh, some Soundgarden um, let's do it the reason why I'm bringing up Soundgarden now is because um Apparently there was a statue uh, yes. of Chris Cornell. Was it in the UK or something? No, no, it was in Seattle. Oh, in Seattle, okay. In Seattle, and it was it was defaced. Yeah, sadly. unfortunately. Um, um, and um, I, but was it because of something with Soundgarden, or was it just because it just got in? Like, was it defaced I, unintentionally? Or I don't know. Don't know I, the story. I, I, there wasn't much uh, put out as. Yeah, to I'm why. just wondering if maybe because like who would attack Chris Cornell and Soundgarden? Like, well, I, who who would attack? You know. Well, anything really, yeah. It's the whole thing's well, stupid. Music but in general, and yeah, it's just stupid. But anyway, yeah, it was done, and uh, it caused a major uproar. Yeah, oh, fair enough, definitely. Of course. Um, but yeah, obviously, uh, another one who was uh, too early to go, Chris Cornell, who left us. Uh, how many years ago was that? Now, it was like 2016? two thousand sixteen. Two years, maybe. Two thousand eighteen. That long? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was longer than that. And then uh, Chester Bennington, not long after that. Yeah, that's right. Um, From uh, Lincoln Park. I uh, was lucky enough to catch Soundgarden the very last time they came to Australia. I was doing; they were playing at the Soundway Festival uh, over in Sydney and Melbourne, and um, I was doing photos for the the festival. Okay. And I'm not a photographer by any means, but it was my no. We had no photographers that was available, so I just went, oh, well, you know, I'll do it. And I got up close to Chris Cornell standing right in front of me on the stage there, and um, I still got the photo or one of the many photos I got. But there was one particular one where they had the backdrop of um, not Black Hole Sun, although we're going to play that song in a minute. But one of the backdrops was similar to that really sort of weird psychedelic spacey sort of backdrop. Uh, it was from a video clip they did. I can't remember which song it was now, but. Um, I just, that photo is just, um, you know, it's vivid in your mind. Yeah. Right? Just, I remember it very well. So, awesome. uh, yeah, an amazing musician and an amazing human being. And, um, it's obviously makes you, I think about, you know, all the, you know, the mental health thing is really important. I yeah, think, yeah. you know, that kind of thing that affects not just regular people on the streets, but someone even to the a guy was obviously very successful and very wealthy and very famous mental health doesn't you know it doesn't discriminate people exactly so make sure that everyone takes care of themselves and i believe at least for me music has always been that way to uh to uh you know stay healthy mentally medicine exactly so uh we will catch you on monday same time cheers guys
thanks again for tuning in. And uh, as I said, uh, check out everything uh, that we do at Inspire Radio here uh, at inspireradio.org.au. So uh, just leave it at that and uh, we'll see you on Monday.